When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Erioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. Hello, we are recording. Hi. So be school appropriate. <laughs> Hi, Kristen. Oh, man. <laughs> how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good, but I don't know. I've got to keep it appropriate. Let me write that down in big letters. Oh, yeah. Don't, no, don't. You don't have to keep it appropriate. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, everybody else who's listening, um, I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Erioki, and I'm here today with two very special guests that I'm super excited to have on the podcast. First, I'm sitting across from Stephanie Birdwell. Hello. And we are on the phone with, I'm blanking on your last name, Kristen. Is it Sullivan Perkins? It's Perkins. Perkins. Okay. Okay. Great, great, great. All right. Well, these ladies are in to ghost hunting. And today we're going to be talking about like ghost hunting 101 and some of their most remarkable experiences in the process of learning how to do this and becoming who they are today. So if you guys want to take turns just introducing yourself and how you got into this and kind of what role you play in the ghost hunting now, that'd be awesome. Okay, so I am Stephanie Birdwell and I am I have been interested in paranormal since my son was small. Um, I started with... Um, Ethan had experiences or he's having things and he would talk about them and I always wanted to make sure he was open to that and then as he grew up I wanted to make sure that I didn't treat him like he was strange mm-hmm. so I got really interested into you know um, you know researching and finding out all the things I could and then entered my friend Kristen Perkins and I don't even know how the conversation came up one day and I was just like well, there was this time, and she was like, oh, wait a minute, girl, have I got a story for you? And so she was like, believe it or not, I have a paranormal team. And I'm like, you have a what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) you have what? (laughs) What? And our sons grew up together. They play ball together and everything. And so I was like, does everybody know this? (laughs) I was like, well, yes. (laughs) So that's how I got, um, um, got to Insight, I should probably back up and say that I am the director of Insight Paranormal, and it is right here in Oklahoma City, and it has been in existence since 2006, Kristen Perkins? That's right, 2006. Oh, I googled it. (laughs) (laughs) So That's cheating. (laughs) Yeah. So Kristen is the founder of Insight um, Paranormal, and she can tell you a little bit more about that, but, um, and so we... Can you say it again? Oh, it's Siri. Oh, my gosh. 
that was a little weird. <laughs> but, you know, weirdness kind of follows us around. Oh my gosh. We forget you. It's okay. <laughs> that is mine. I am so sorry. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Maybe it was a paranormal occurrence. You know what? Because a funny story about that, and Kristen can vouch for me, my Google does not recognize my voice. Oh, that's weird. And it just, recon- I bet it recognized your voice, Kristen. Oh my gosh. It did. It recognized me, but not her. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so. We'll talk to her. <laughs> yes. So Insight Paranormal has been around since 2006, and we take, we have uh, probably at this point had hundreds of cases, um, individuals, historical places. Um, we like to. Um, you were telling me that most of them are residential. Yes. Yeah. Most of them are clients who reach out to us and. Because they don't want somebody to think they're strange or Mm -hmm. that they're weird. Or I think that's one of the things that we get a lot from clients is, okay, now don't think I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They say that to us. And so, you know, we really want to, uh, you know, help those people that are having things going on in their house and make them feel like they're not really crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can can see how that would be very comforting. Yeah. (laughs) And then we show up and they're like, oh, no, no. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Roll up in the Scooby-Doo van. Exactly. So, Kristen, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Sure, sure. Um, you know, like most people, well, my name is Kristen Perkins. Not most people are named that, but that's funny. Um, but like most people, I got into this because I had experiences of my own. And um, I think when things happen, you know, like that, the most profound thing that happened for me was we had a, a dresser pick up and fly across the room oh, wow. um, in my baby's nursery. And when something like that happens, I think you kind of, respond one of two ways you either go oh that's crazy and I never want to think about it again I just I gotta shut that out mm-hmm. which was my my husband's um reaction at the time mine was wait a minute how did that happen what is going on and I need to know more yeah. um now that was that was 1994 and while there were you know people that that looked into these kind of things we didn't really have the internet going very well then mm-hmm. um so once things really got cooking I looked up this team that people hadn't really heard of called TAP and I emailed this really nice guy named Steve um, and I explained my situation it was funny because nobody knew who they were or who they were um, but he walked me through you know what what could have happened and looked at some of my pictures and um, I ended up moving up to Boston and living in that area and meeting everybody by then they had a TV show and we all became friends and that's really how I got into the field mm-hmm. Um when I left the Boston area and moved back to Oklahoma, I thought, oh, man, I am leaving the area where all of this is just so open and accepted. And I'm moving back into the Bible Belt where I really thought I won't be able to talk about it. You right. know, I won't even be able to discuss it. But fortunately, in the time that I had lived away from Oklahoma, those centers came around. And it really put the paranormal right in people's living rooms and gave them a chance to think about it and discuss it and made it more acceptable. So by the time I moved back to Oklahoma, everybody had a team. And it was okay to talk about it. And, um, you know, I couldn't really find a team. I was on one briefly, and I couldn't really find one that fit well. So I just said, let's just make one and um, put insight together. So it's it's been my baby from 2006. I put it together with JT Dykin and um, our friend Brian, um, they eventually just kind of left, and it's been mine, and um, it's been a labor of love. But, you know, it, it's gratifying. As Stephanie said, a lot of people contact us because they're terrified or they think they're crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to bring some peace of mind to people is 
is very rewarding. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can imagine that. And Insight is part of the TAPS family, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And for those of you who are listening that don't know, which I don't imagine there's a whole lot of people who don't who listen to this podcast, but TAP stands for the Atlantic Paranormal Society. Is that correct? Yes. That's right. Okay. And that is who is affiliated with the TV show Ghost Hunters, which pretty much everybody who grew up at the time that I did knows that show. Right. And, so. it's, and it's formerly Ghost Hunters. Mm-hmm. And now there's Ghost Hunters and Ghost Nation. Ghost yes. Nation will start on October the 11th. And there's a lot of... Um, well, Kristen can explain to you the, the, the difference between the two, but basically Jason Haas was one of the founding members, and he's Ghost Nation, and he is still with Steve and Tango, for mm-hmm. those of us who know that. Yes. And Grant is now Ghost Hunters, and he has a whole brand new team, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. There's a lot of confusion about that, and so really it's going to get a little bit more confusing if you don't find me touching on this for just a minute since we're on the subject. Um, it's going to get a little bit more confusing because... The TAPS brand is owned by Jason. Um, and so on, on Ghost Nation, you still won't see them being called TAPS. They're going to be called UPRO. Okay. Um, and that is to protect them legally. And so you'll see them on there as UPRO. And what UPRO is, um, is when TAPS and TAPS family investigate together. They'll okay. be under the umbrella name of UPRO. That makes um, sense. Which is United. Right. <laughs> so, so some people are already starting to see that. Jason has it in a few of his... Um, domain names and things like that. And as the show gets started, people are going to say, wait a minute, what? Jason, Stephen Tangle are definitely still TAPS. There is still TAPS family. It's just mainly um, branding and legal issues between networks and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And TAPS family is, and again, Kristen, because Kristen is also the TAPS family manager. Mm-hmm. So she takes care of all of our chaos. So um, what the TAPS family <laughs> is, is just a group of paranormal investigators and teams across the world um, that share the same philosophy mm-hmm. and the same set of values when going into people's houses and things. And so no matter where you're at, there's a TAPS family close to you somewhere. Yes. So um, it just, you know, for us, I think it, um, I like being part of TAPS family gives me that, that network of people to reach out to mm-hmm. and that network of people. Um, and we have a, you know, we, we talk, we, we, meet in the summer and it's just vast resources Mm -hmm. people everywhere with resources and stuff to reach out all under that taps umbrella but each one of us in a different state and different Mm -hmm. team different personalities and i like to think i am friends with all of them because we talk on, on facebook and everything and then i was like now, what does he look like, Kristen? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, it's a huge family, and it really is. I mean, when I took over a TAPS family, which I've, if Jason ever hears this, I just want to remind him that my 10th anniversary is in April, and I really like diamonds. Um, so next April, <laughs> so I took over about 10 years ago, um, and it was really, it was, it was at a, a point where it was either going to grow or fold and mm-hmm. because of the previous, you know, rent. Jason was just like, look, I got to hand it to you. Will you take it? And I did. Um, And my first thought was, we really have to make this a family. And I think we have worked so hard. And the very next year, we had our first reunion. And we have worked so hard to cultivate that that environment of trust. Because, you know, the the paranormal field is so full of drama. I hate to say it, but Mm -hmm. it really is. It's hard to know who to trust. It's hard to, to know who you can turn to and 
and compare evidence and talk about things. So we have worked so hard for the last 10 years to really build that network. We have 82 teams around the world. In fact, we just had one contact us um, from India today. Oh, wow. That is looking to join. Right. And so we we work so hard to build that network um, so that we do truly do feel like family. Um, in the last, what, month or two, I've had two, two of them come here um, and stay at my home. Um, we've gone to visit others. And so we do... We are connected. We're not just a referral network on a website. Um, our next so cool. reunion, we have some flying in from Germany. We have our German team coming over um, in June to meet with us. And so when I, this is, this is my other baby, so I could just go on and on. You have to just cut me off. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, I think that's awesome. I'm incredibly proud of every single one of them. They're fully vetted, too. I'm super proud of the fact that, you know, we can't just receive an email and say, well, okay, you're in. They get interviewed, they get background checked, they get reference checked, and then they get spot checked. And so, you know, we're, we're truly looking for quality and consistency in how our clients are treated, as well as that connectivity between our teams. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess my, my first question would be, like, what's the process like? Like, when someone contacts you, how does it go from that first initial contact to an investigation? Right. So if um, we, ha- we have a webpage, um, insightparanormal.org, and there is a link, and you just click the link, and it's just um, a request of investigation. And so it's going to ask you things like, um, do you own your house? Do you rent your house? Do you have animals in your house? How many people live in your house? Um, and there are some questions that... Um, you know, are there medications that you're taking that might, you know, mm-hmm. we ask all of those kinds of questions about just the environment and the family and the people that we're going to talk to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we do ask about the haunting, mm-hmm. but we really want to know, you know, kind of what's all of the encompassing, what's going on in the yeah. situation and everything. And then once we get that, we have a case manager and she's going to read through that. And then she's probably going to reach out. She's going to reach out either myself or um, our case manager, Net. She's going to reach out to them and she's going to then ask some questions some follow up questions. You know, can you tell me a little bit about this? Can you tell me where it's at and then we start the research we'll research um you know google is your friend Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know we're going to start there um research the address um uh, we have my son and Kristen's son actually the two brains of the operation (laughs) so um they do a lot of the background in and we'll pull newspaper articles and do you know do a lot of history of the location even if it's just a home you know you there you know there's a lot of things that are going to happen around that and then if we really feel legitimately like, because, you know, some people just want, I, I think some people think that Jason Haas is going to pull up in his Scooby-Doo van and jump back. <laughs> and it's just not like that. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. And so once we make, you know, and, and those people, are, you know, you're going to vet out pretty mm-hmm. quickly. And then we all set up a vet, an investigation and then we're going to come out. Okay. And then that's a whole process that, yeah. you know, and we'll go through all of that. Yeah. So that process, but, um, a lot of businesses, mm-hmm. um, you know, people will call it their business. And we had one just recently that was like, you know, I don't want this to impact my business. Mm-hmm. I, you know, can you, can you come at a certain time and you're not going to pull up in a black SUV? And I was like, yeah, I wish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be in my old gray mare. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> And she was like, you know, come in and ask to talk to me, you know, who really wanted to keep that kind of low key because mm-hmm. she didn't want it to affect her business. And, of course, we did that. And um, so, you know, 
when we get out there, then we'll just set up, set mm-hmm. up, you know, what we're doing and we can go through that whole process. I don't know if you want me to go into that now or if you want I have me to... one question before you do that. I was okay. going to ask since Kristen, since you lived in Boston and you said that people are a lot more open about it there, when you would get a business in Boston, would it be a different attitude about people finding out if the place was haunted? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, we saw that anyway. We used to call it the tax effect. Mm-hmm. Um, not not every business necessarily wants it quiet because um, an investigation often piques interest and people will just flock to these mm-hmm. places. Um, so businesses in Boston, it was almost like, oh, yeah, we're haunted. Come on in. And, you know, it's, yeah. it, was, it was it was pretty different. Yeah. Yeah, I know that I definitely know it's different here because I I was somewhere in not investigating but doing some stories about somewhere recently that is allegedly haunted and um the person in charge was like I will never go on the record saying this but like told me some stuff that he felt would be bad for business for that location but he believes, but he doesn't want anyone to know. So, And we've actually had businesses say, oh, we would love for you to come out, but we don't want any bad press. We only mm-hmm. want you to say the good, happy things. Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> you've got a right. really good, happy spirit here. Casper lives here. <laughs> yes. And he brings candy. Yes. <laughs> well, on so. the other side of that that we do have to be cautious of is, unfortunately, there are people who think, wow, that would get some attention. Oh, um, yeah. You know, if we could have you come out. And so we also have to... When, when we're vetting these cases, we also have to kind of gauge that, unfortunately. Um, some people do have that as their motive for contacting us. Oh, yeah, I could imagine that, definitely. And even after the vetting process, and, I mean, Kristen will, you know, come back me up on this. We've gone to locations and we're like, you know, legitimately had clients that thought that, you know, they were legitimate hauntings. And then they had all the episodes of Ghost Hunters on their TV, you know. And you're like, oh, <laughs> like, oh no. no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> this will be a fun weekend. <laughs> yeah. This is good. So it happens. And, you know, the vetting process, unfortunately, is just... Um, you know, us asking a lot of questions and, and because we do have clients that are generally terrified. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a client um, uh, last year or so that her and her pets were sleeping in the living room on a mattress on the floor. Wow. Because she was that scared of mm-hmm. what was going on in her house. And um, so, you know, we do have clients that are really scared. And hopefully, I, well, I felt, I know with that particular client, I think that when we left, and especially Kristen, because she's so much better at this than me, because, like, I'm the bad cop, she's the good cop, in case we haven't figured it out. So, so she has a way of talking to them and explaining the things to them where she felt comfortable with what was going on, mm-hmm. and she had some other things going on in her house, too, um, a ginormous, you know, EMF producer in her. Oh, yeah. So, you know, so she had some other things going on, but she was genuinely terrified when we got mm-hmm. there so yeah and if we can just put that her mind at ease or a client at ease or it's it's really gratifying to do that mm-hmm. you know to say hey oh, go ahead that that i'm sorry to interrupt that case reminds me though there are also times when people are in physical danger of another kind um because of their environment and we happened to find that. We've had cases where um, there was a home that I can think of that was completely ungrounded. The wiring was completely ungrounded in that house, um, which is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And um, to be able to tell them, oh, wait, you know what you're experiencing here, you know, you need to get an electrician in here. Or um, we've had cases where they had such mold problems um, that the mold was actually causing physical, physical issues that 
they deemed were paranormal. And when we came in and said, well, wait a minute, you know, you're being exposed to this toxin. You're being exposed to this. And um, so there have been other ways that we've felt like we've gone in. Even health-wise, we've found people with medications that shouldn't be taken together. So when mm-hmm. we do, do go through that process, a lot of times we get pretty personal. And we're having to ask some pretty uncomfortable questions about health and about medications and even mental health. And there have been times that we've had to say, look, you know, just in case, would you visit your physician and share with them what you're experiencing? Could you just have that conversation and we can check it off our list and make sure that that's not it mm-hmm. um, when we're pretty sure that there could be some mental illness going on or some other problems going on. Yeah. And that does happen a lot with loss. If there's been a recent loss yeah. in the family, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of grief and a lot of feelings and a lot oh, of yeah. emotions and things going on there. And so, you know, again, Kristen's had those conversations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kristen's had those conversations with them that said, you know, yeah. just to, you know, have those conversations, those, you know, real life conversations about the grief and dealing with the grief and, mm-hmm. you know, where did, where, where do you put that? Right. You know? Yeah. How to handle those kinds of things. Oh, yeah. So so that's kind of up to the point where you're about to go in and set up. And right. so what kind of... I got to see it when we were at Starbucks, but first tell everybody, like, the kind of equipment you use and tell about how much cable there is. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the cable. Oh, the cable. So when we go into a location, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to unload all the stuff. And um, it can be a little bit intimidating, not because mm-hmm. of the sheer amount of it, but it's just like, um, I, I liken it to like a swarm of locusts. Like, mm-hmm. here we all are, and we're like, oh, you know, and I, I always introduce the team before we come in. And, and speaking of introducing the team, we um, are completely normal people. I do want to go on the podcast we are completely normal people. Yes. I'm a public school teacher. Kristen is a public school yes. teacher. We have another school teacher, a psychologist, an astrophysicist, an engineer, a web designer, a nurse. Um, so we are just everyday people that you mm-hmm. work with. Um, uh, some of my coworkers know, some of them do not. And it's not because I don't share it. It's mm-hmm. just that I mean, you know, how do you open that conversation? Yeah. You know, hello, I'm Stephanie Birdwell. Do you have a ghost in your house? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I would like to meet them. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and as a teacher, you have to worry about, you know, you might get that parent when you're that's like, mm, that is not something I approve of. And, right. and it mm-hmm. can cause an issue there. So sometimes we just keep it, just keep it on the down low. Oh, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of us are on national TV, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my plan. <laughs> yeah. That was my plan. I was never going to tell anybody at school, and then I got put on TV. So there went that. <laughs> yeah. So once we introduce our team, and you know, we come, you know, come flooding in, and we always are mindful of the size of the location. Mm-hmm. So if we're doing a house, you know, fifteen hundred square foot house, we're probably going to take six people. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, how many people are on the team total? We oh gosh, Kristen, I have to count them. So we also have a Chickasha branch, and most mm-hmm. of those are police and military. That's cool. Amazing. Yeah. Because they know, um, gosh, I'm going to use a word that I'm not sure is like the underbelly of society. Yeah. Yeah. The things like Mm -hmm. that. And so they've kind of got that insight where Mm -hmm. the teacher and us don't, don't really have that. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, so let's see. We're sitting at about 20, 21 members right now. Okay. There you go. Okay. Thank you. So, um, So we, when we, we come in, we, I mean, we're always mindful of the size of the mm-hmm. location. And so we're going to take those, that amount of people in, then we're going to bring the equipment in mm-hmm. and then we start unloading it. And we, um, 
I, I always start with like a millimeter mm-hmm. and I want a baseline EMF. You know, what is the normal temperature of the room? What is the normal EMF of the room, which is the electrical mag- mm-hmm. magnetic field in the room? Because, you know, a lot of things put off EMF. Yes. My hair dryer says on the side, low EMF. Yeah. So everything puts it off. And so um, I have a form and I just put all of that on the form so that when we get started, we know what's normal. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we know what's normal in the house. And, and that a lot of times is where we're going to find that high EMF, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, a case we were on not last last month, month before last, their microwave was putting off like 1.7. It's like this oh, ridiculous wow. amount of, and this is their non, non-running microwave yeah. just sitting. And so I always like to make note of that. Mm-hmm. And so I'll kind of go through. And while I'm doing that, I've got a team, this amazing team behind me, getting everything out of the box. Mm-hmm. And so we've got a DVR system. And a monitor, because we're going to set that up. We always love to have somebody sitting with that monitor all night long, just for our safety and for, um, gosh, you never know, something, you know, they might catch something on. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to set up the cameras, and then there's the cord. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. <laughs> and the, the cord is um, our reels. Um, we have four reels that hold 100 foot of cord. Oh, my gosh. Then we have two reels that hold 200 feet of cord. Oh, my gosh. And two reels that hold 300 feet of cord. Wow. So we start running that cord. We It attaches to the DVR, and then mm-hmm. it's on those little fancy reels that, for whatever reason, I can't figure out. Mm-hmm. Like, it's supposed to roll, but... It, Anyway, so I digress. <laughs> so, and then we just run all of that cord, and then we have to tape it all down for the safety mm-hmm. because we're going to go dark before it's. Yeah. So we get all of that set up. So I've got a baseline EMF. Um, then uh, we've got all of our um, video equipment set up, and then all of our investigators have audio equipment. Mm-hmm. So they have some sort of audit audit. Um, recording device and I always like to leave it running all of the time Mm -hmm. that I'm there so from the time we go in I start with my audio and I'm gonna give the location and the date and then I'm just gonna hold it with me the whole time Mm -hmm. and that's through um, you know the setting up and all of that I know some investigators will wait until we get all set up but I've gotten EVPs setting up. Mm-hmm. I've gotten EVPs. Some of the best ones I've got are in the restroom. Not not of me, but yeah. you know, in you know, yeah. like what you would consider a private space. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we always have those going. So we've got audio and we've got video now. Mm-hmm. And then my investigators have um, EM, we mail meters, which are going to do both temperature and EMF at the same okay. time, so that we can watch both of those things at the same time. And so that's kind of our basic setup. I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything, Kristen. Am I missing? Well, you know, I think that I think you you hit that when you said that's our basic setup. Um, every team has their little bag of tricks that they like to pull out, you know, and try things with. I know in the past we um, we had a program where we were making our own gear and testing it, and um, you know, trying new things. Where one of our one of our pieces of equipment we were recording EMS instead of sound. And then converting it to sound, um, operating under the idea that, you know, we didn't know how they were producing sound. How are these, you know, ghosts or spirits producing sound without the physical, mm-hmm. you know, ability to do so? Right. Um, and with, with that, which we, it was our transducer, um, we still have, we still test, but we were able to capture a few EVP, which was very interesting to test because it does not record sound waves. It's impossible to record sound waves on it. So oh, we wow. also have our little kind of bag of tricks that we'll pull out every now and then. Mm-hmm. We we hesitate using them in client homes because we feel like we're there to serve a purpose and we're there to help that client. 
it's really mm-hmm. not the best time to start pulling out things that you are well, all of it's unproven, but things that are, you know, kind of new that we're testing. We'll save those for um, for our own time. But, mm-hmm. Uh, but those are the biggies, you know, those are definitely the biggies, audio, video, and the, the DVR system she was talking about kind of has a dual purpose. Um, not only could it catch, hopefully, you know, the, the big thing we all want, a full apparition, but also it makes us accountable for where all of our investigators are. Mm-hmm. So we have them all on camera. If something happens, we know where everybody was. You know, nobody left and did anything shady over there. Yeah. Or, you know, even if you hear something and, you know, you can move, you can do things without realizing it. What if somebody moved their arm and knocked something over and didn't realize it? Everybody's mm-hmm. on video. It's all accounted for. You can go back and check it. So it really kind of serves a dual purpose. So speaking but of I- the devices that are not used so much in home investigations, one of the things that's super popular on TV right now is the spirit box. So what are your, both right. of your feelings and thoughts about that? Do you want me to go first um, or do you want to go first? <laughs> I, and for anybody I, who doesn't know what the spirit box is, basically like this is my description as someone sitting at home watching on TV. So I see them get this thing out and they say that this is like the spirits talking. Like this box is projecting whatever word that this spirit is saying, which is the, what I get from it when I'm sitting at home right. watching on TV. And, and basically, I think the uh, the explanation behind it is it produces energy, and then the spirit can manipulate that energy to form words. Okay. So where uh, like an ovulus is pre, it's it's loaded with a mm-hmm. dictionary, and so you're only going to get the words that are in the dictionary. Right. Where the spirit box is travels through radio waves, and it moves at, you know, like in one second, like eight stations. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, for lack of a better it's a frequency scanner, basically, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's going to scan through that frequency. And and the and the premise behind it is it's going to use that energy to form words to mm-hmm. to actually to put communication into that. Mm-hmm. So um, no pre-recorded, um, you know, dictionary inside of it. Mm-hmm. It is just literally running through frequencies. Yeah. So um, I we we do you have. Know, we do have one as a team. Mm-hmm. Don't tell Kristen. <laughs> oh, no, that is not true. That is not true. <laughs> so we he knows. He knows. He knows. <laughs> so we do have one as a team, but I will tell you that going back to our clients, our clients are absolutely number one. And I uh, and you know, Kristen may change. You know, may have a different philosophy of this. I would never use this in front of the client mm-hmm. because. Um, They've got that background, and they're going to say, "Oh, that was my uncle Charlie." Right, or, you right. Know, and then, yeah. then all of a sudden, I have I've added emotion, emotion in, yes. into that, and then heartbreak and mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things. So we do not use those mm-hmm. in front of clients, and um, we don't present that information to mm-hmm. our clients. But as investigators, we want to see, and this is just me. Kristen's going to have her opinion. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I. I'm going to use this the way I we're working with the spirit box. And let me tell you how it looks for me when I, mm-hmm. when I use the spirit box. So um, I'm going to plug it into noise canceling headphones. I'm going to put those noise canceling headphones on myself and make sure that I can't see any investigator. 
Um, now I do have a blindfold, but usually it's dark and I find I can be in another space in another room. Um, and then I'm going to have another, ooh, sorry. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. You're... Sorry, podcast world. So <laughs> I talk with my hands. It comes from teaching. So I'm going to have them ask the questions. I'm not, I, so I don't know the questions. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to repeat what's coming, what I'm picking up on my Okay. End. So, so the, uh, another investigator's got the questions, asking the questions, and then I'm just, for lack of a better word, going to blurt out what I'm making out of mm-hmm. them. Okay. Uh, the voice box and then it was investigate and we always have all of this on our audio Mm -hmm. so I can when we go back and we play the audio I can hear the question and then I can hear what I've blurted and those kinds of things and so as an investigator we're looking for things that are relevant right okay so is it relevant to the question is it relevant to the location and then how can I explain that you know Mm -hmm. how am I going to explain that Obviously, you want to say you come in preconceived notion. I well, I know this is a bar, so I picked up beer, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. So you've always got to take that in account. Um, those things to me are not relevant. You know, mm-hmm. if I if I if I I think that's my brain coming up with the word beer when maybe that wasn't it. Mm-hmm. But we have. We have some very interesting results, and we've done some very interesting things that weren't necessarily relevant to the location, maybe relevant to the question another investigator was asking, or maybe we found out later were relevant that we didn't know at the time. Oh, wow. So can we explain that? I, I, I'm always trying to explain that. Mm-hmm. I think that as an investigator, I'm always trying to explain it. Mm-hmm. But when we get the things that are unexplained, that's where... That's where we're at our happy place. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. and if I if I can say something about that, because there are teams that will say, oh, if you use that ghost box, you're a terrible investigator. And, it, it, you, know, you know, as Stephanie explained, we would never use it in front of a client. But I always felt like if, if anybody is using it in the field, if anybody is trying it, we must have a responsibility to give it a try. Because I'm not going to go out there and say it's junk if I haven't tried it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I owe it to people who are asking because with being involved with Tap's family and being involved with Insights, but being, especially being up there with Tap's family, I get asked from all directions, what do you think of this and what do you think of that? Who am I to say so if I haven't put my hands on it and tried it? Mm-hmm. Um, so I applaud, you know, and my team is so good. They all know, both teams, do not put this out in front of a client. And just like Stephanie said, we would never present that to a client as evidence because it is so kind of out there um, at this point. And there are so many different models of it. So when people hear that you're using the ghost box, for example, um, you know, most, most people in the field are familiar with the mail meters that are used for temperature and EMF readings. And that was created by Gary Galka. Well, he also created a version of the ghost box. But what was different about his is the frequencies that it scanned weren't frequencies used in the United States. So as it was scanning through, it, you could be 100% sure it was not picking up anything like a radio station or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So that to me was very interesting. So, you know, when people say, oh, you know, those are gimmicky things, I think we're doing a disservice if we don't at least check them out. Right. Um, some of them we can immediately mark off the list. And, I, you know, maybe I shouldn't do this, but, you know, Stephanie mentioned the obelisk. And she's right. It has a pre-installed vocabulary. I think it's more like a toy at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it even says on their website when you look at it, it says, you know, for entertainment purposes only. And I don't know the legalese behind that, but just logically to me, that says, hmm, it's heavily slanted towards the paranormal, the, the pre mm-hmm. and vocabulary. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I do. I think we have a responsibility to give these a try before we can give an opinion on them. Yeah. And are there any things like um, this just this just popped into my head because you, you said that that is intended to be used as a toy. Um, do you ever have instances where it seems like someone has, and you probably see where I'm going with this as soon as I ask it, but as though they have invited something into their home by using something like this? Oh, you know, <laughs> I, I hear of that happening. My mind and me are in this maybe where you're going. Were you thinking about Ouija board? Yes, yes. Yes. I'm going to not get on my soapbox, but I am going to respond to that. <laughs> um, because, yes, they are a board game. And I hear people, I hear two responses to that. I hear never touch it. It's evil. And mm-hmm. I hear, oh, it's a board game. It's by Parker Brothers. Well, I think there's a kind of an in-between there. Mm-hmm. Um, because my belief on those is that any anything that has been invited in has not been invited in because of that board. It's been invited in because whoever used that board willfully open themselves up to sort of be controlled by some entity that they have no idea who that is. If that weren't necessary for this process, they wouldn't have to put their hands on the planchette for it to move. Mm-hmm. And so you're just kind of saying, hey, anybody who's out there, come on into my body and move my hands so that you can spell these words. So you've really opened yourself up to literally anybody. Right. And that's on the premise that these are working the way we think they're working. Mm-hmm. So it's not that board. You know, there are some who will tell you, oh, you have to wrap it in natural cloth and burn it in a fire to get rid of it. No, you don't. Yeah. You know, it can sit on your shelf. And as long as you never touch it, my belief on that, and this is my belief, is that it's harmless. Um, you can put yourself at that level of danger a hundred other ways by inviting, opening yourself up and inviting something in like that. Oh, yeah. Um, and I do have clients. There was one... Um, Gosh, this was way back in like 2008. There was one that we took my own family's priest out several times. And finally, he just refused to go. And he won't even answer my phone calls anymore. Um, because <laughs> I, I know. Oh I was worried about it. You scared all How bad do you have to be when the priest won't answer when you call anymore? <laughs> the, priest, um, the priest ghosted you. <laughs> he said, yeah. <laughs> He did. He did. He'll still talk to my brother, so I still have an in. But, um, but you know, they just kept bringing it back. They just kept bringing it back. And it wasn't necessarily through just the use of a Ouija board. It was mm-hmm. other activities that were going on in the home. So there are other ways you can cause the same kind of havoc and chaos in your home without even using the Ouija board. And I think that, and, I, and this was kind of a conversation that Arnie and I had had, that... Um, I think it's your energy and the ritual of it that's bringing that in and mm-hmm. not the board. Right. And then and, and when the conversation we had is the same thing with burning sage. You know, sage is going to cleanse the house. And, and I think it's the ritual of it mm-hmm. and the energy that you bring to that, that intention. Yes. Yeah. That, exactly. And I, and I mm-hmm. think that's the same thing with the Ouija board. And I mean, I mean, if you had intense monopoly, you could bring in something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, so I, I think it's the energy that's attracting it and the intention and the, the, um, you know, the openness of it mm-hmm. and the actual ritual of it. That's bringing that those, 
is, and I'm going to say, I, I don't use the word bringing. Mm-hmm. I use the word changing. That's changing mm-hmm. the energy, you mm-hmm. know, changing the energy or, you know, that's around you and in your space is, um, you know, you're projecting that you're attracting that or projecting mm-hmm. it or, yeah, you know, I always kind of go back to, if I can just talk about an episode of ghost centers from years and years and years ago. Okay. It was sure. like, gosh, Oh yeah! I know. It was like, <laughs> sorry, but it was it was probably my favorite moment out of any of the shows, and I remember just going, "Wow, look at that!" Um, because it was it was at the um, oh gosh, now I'm going to forget the name of it in in Arkansas. The um, help me there, what Crescent, is it? The Crescent, Crescent Hotel. Yeah, yeah. The Crescent Hotel, and Jason was getting a reading from a psychic, and they put it on the thermal camera. Now, I know him very, very well. He's very protective of his thoughts. And I know Jason, not the psychic. I know that guy. Um, Jason's very protective of his thoughts. And I was when I saw the episode, he hadn't told me about it. I wasn't expecting it. I thought, are you kidding me? He's going he's gonna to get a reading on TV? That's crazy. That's awesome. Um, totally unexpected. But you could see on the thermal camera where he was literally blocking it. And you could see the energy coming towards Jason and then all of a sudden just being pushed back. And I oh, thought, wow. wow, that is so cool. And that was like the only visual representation I think I've ever seen of somebody manipulating their own energy. That is and like so Stephanie cool. Said, I, isn't that awesome? Oh, I just gave myself two cents. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> where, right? It's just the coolest thing. And so when I tell people, when they ask me, well, what can I do in my home? You know, it, you have to dig in for what matters to you. Because if I give you, I could hand you a, a book of specific prayers to say. And if they don't mean anything to you, it's not going to do anything to change the energy, like Stephanie was talking about, to change the energy in your home, mm-hmm. to push that back, you know, and, and the same for Sage. I mean, I know, and there will be people who strongly disagree with me on this. So again, this is my own personal belief. If I march around burning the Sage in my home and I have zero belief that that's going to help me, it's not because yeah. it's all about changing that energy in your environment. I agree with that. Yeah. So, um, let's see. So when you finish the investigation is, I know that on the show they used to do like the presentation of the evidence and like what all of that. Um, and most people who listen to this podcast have probably seen that process go down on TV. So is it very similar for you guys when you present the evidence? You know, it, it is, it's very similar to that, but what I, um, when we are finished, um, you know, when we wrap up that investigation, um, Let's go back just a minute for when we go into the investigation. Um, we've been on vest- investigations where a lot of the client's story has not been shared with investigators. If we feel like that's appropriate, um, then we don't share that. And then to see what they bring out of that is always really interesting. And then there are times when we feel like it's crucial to share all of that information. So, um, and then once they um, we come out of an investigation, my investigations, my investigators will then review all of that evidence. And this is the part you never see on TV. So if you're there for five hours, then you've got to sit down and you've got to listen to yourself talking or sitting in the dark for four or five hours and going through that and reviewing that audio, which can be very, very tedious process. Um, but um, if you're an It invest- can be very humbling too. It can be very right. humbling to realize how ridiculous you sound half the time. And you're like, oh, did I really... Many apologies have been born in the audio review. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was a little bossy. I didn't mean to be bossy. 
needed a Snickers. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, so once you go through and review that, then they have a form that they're going to fill out for me. And I use the word form loosely. I just give them a, um, a this is going to be a teacher Google. word, like a rubric for yeah, that. Yeah. It's a Google form. It yeah. is a Google form. But just basically so that everybody's kind of mm-hmm. looking at the same things. And the kinds of things that I like to ask about our investigators, of course, if there's EVP, if there's mm-hmm. anything that they have pulled out. Um, they're going to timestamp that. They're going to give us that. And then we're always going to check somebody else's audio at the same time. Mm-hmm. And again, that's where the video comes in. You know, who was in the room with us, who wasn't in the room with us, who might have been next door, who might have been that. So we're going to cross-reference all of those EVPs or all of those suspected EVPs. And then um, I always ask my investigators on the form, you know, did you feel safe? Did you feel sad? Did you feel, I mean, you know, what were you feeling at that emo- mm-hmm. at that time? Because I think that um, a lot of times that changes the energy. And if that changes the energy, it's going to change your experience. So if I go in and I felt, uh, you know, I had butterflies in my stomach or I had something going on then. So your energy is going to be different than the person sitting next Mm -hmm. to you. And so I always ask them, what was your energy like or what was happening at that time? And so so their perception is going to be different, Mm -hmm. you know, at that exact same moment in time is going to be different and so they're going to put all of that on the form and then I'm just going to go through that and I'm going to um, you know ask more questions um, cross-check our EVPs which is always um, I I love cross-checking EVP Mm -hmm. because it's like, did you get this? Did you get that? Yeah. Did you hear that? Did you get that? And oh, so, yeah. and so, it's a it's a good time for us to do that. And we share those EVPs out, and you know, different things like that. And then I'm going to put all that together, and then I'm going to um, I put it all on a flash drive so the client has it, and then we go back to the client and we tell them, you know, this is this is what happened. This is things we can explain. These are things that, you know, we felt, things that we saw, things that we heard, you know, who, what, when, where, why. And we go through that and, um, you know, kind of let the client draw their own conclusions from what we brought to them. Mm-hmm. I really always try to avoid going back going, oh my gosh, you got a portal in your bathroom and there might be a demon. <laughs> You, you mean you mean you're not gonna give out a certificate of haunting? No, no, no. Oh. So you didn't get me started. I knew that. I knew that would get Kristen going. Oh no, not so, that again. So, and, and I think um, one of the and I and I'm going to. I think Jason Haas said this, but I, I let's just attach it to him. He's not here. <laughs> He doesn't like to be called a paranormal expert Mm -hmm. because there's real, I mean, you know, to be an expert, you have to be, you know, the foremost Mm -hmm. in that field. Mm -hmm. Well, who's to say, you know, he is, or you are, or they are, or so. So when I give it to the client, I'm like, you know, these are the things that we heard, saw, and, and, you know, and at that point, there's, there's always two outcomes with a client. It's always so difficult for me to tell a client, we were there. And we just really didn't experience yeah. what you're having. Mm-hmm. Because then I think the self-doubt comes in with the client. Mm-hmm. 
okay, so maybe I am crazy. So those are really the hardest conversations to have. Oh, yeah. Um, So I always like to, and this comes straight from Kristen Perkins 101, is say to them, just because it didn't happen to us doesn't mean it's not happening. Mm -hmm. We were there a space and time, and we would love to come back. Mm -hmm. And so always offer them that, you know, to come back. Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. So those are the hardest conversations to have with a client. Um, but the other conversations, it's just like, you know, here are the things that we saw and here are the things that we picked up. And this is what my investigators had to say. And I include, you know, anything I feel like it's important. The last client I put down, we really enjoyed Stella, which was their cat, which was Aww. adorable. She was the best ever. So, Aww. you know, just, you know, things that happened to us while we were there. Mm-hmm. And then always, always, and again, Kristen can, you know, jump in here, the client, it's going to open up the conversation. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what? One time we did da da da. And then they're going to start, you know, sharing their, you know, experiences and different things, get them to thinking, get them Mm -hmm. to, to, um, to reflect on what they've done, what they've seen, what they've done. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we always have that client that was like, I want you to take it with you when you leave. Okay, so I always start out every investigation. We gather together mm-hmm. and we say, we introduce ourselves. My name is, and um, if you would like to touch me, only kind touches. We're going to bring out all this equipment. You can talk to the red light. You can, you know, do this and kind of explain what's going on to the energy into mm-hmm. this space. And then, but when we pack up, we're going to take all of our stuff with us and you're going to stay here. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. And our clients go, oh, no, no, wait a minute. I want you to take that yeah. with you. <laughs> I thought so. this was like Ghostbusters. Like, why are you not taking it with you? <laughs> Don't you have that thing that yeah. chili? So, so then that's the client conversation mm-hmm. that you say, it's going to be, you need to change the energy. Mm-hmm. You need to, um, you know, maybe tell, you know, talk to, you know, to the energy or talk to the space and say, you're scaring me. Mm-hmm. I don't want you here. It's okay to move on. You know, again, with the sage or the, mm-hmm. what means the most to you? What do you feel like is most prevalent to you? Mm-hmm. You know, what, go away, leave me alone. You're scaring me. Or, you know, to, to kind of change that energy. And hopefully by us being there, we can change the client's mm-hmm. view of that and kind of change their perspective and kind of help them deal with, the, you know, changing the, the energy when we get ready to leave. So um, well, our idea behind that is hoping to empower them a little bit because right. yeah. there's a good it, word, you know, like we, it. we empower them and we don't ever, I mean, there are times we can look at a client and just go, okay, they're not ready. And so we mm-hmm. will work that into the conversation too. We always work under the assumption that somebody is listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll even put in things like, hey, you know, we appreciate you. We're here. We're not trying to make you leave, but please understand you're scaring the family. Mm-hmm. You know, you're scaring the family. You're making them uncomfortable. They would appreciate it if you moved on. Um, and so we, we will do that too. But our goal is always to empower them. We're leaving, mm-hmm. but we're leaving them in the same situation that they were in before. We always try to not make that worse. We will never um, intimidate or go out there and, and provoke. Um, because we're leaving, we're leaving at the end of the investigation and that family is staying there. Mm-hmm. So our, our goal is to equip them with some tools, maybe some, you know, ideas of what they can do to feel more comfortable. Sometimes that advice is just, Hey, can you rearrange this room a little bit? You know, if you've been terrified in this room, let's change the energy. Let's take out the rug and change your light and move the furniture around a little bit and give it a different feel immediately. Cause that will make you a little bit more comfortable. It doesn't look the same. 
Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about how you can change the energy. You know, open the windows up. Let's air it out. Let's, you know, do some things that will just make the room entirely different for you mm-hmm. and, and empower them a little bit on our way out the door. Have Have you guys ever um, done investigations where you felt like the energy was bad? This is... I, I would... Go ahead. This is well, this is my... Um, again, I'm... It was a demon. (laughs) It was was really my stomach. (laughs) So um, I think that, um, and I'm not, a lot of what people see, um, be it on TV or um, what people are putting on Facebook and all of these things are all of the negative, Mm -hmm. all of the negative coming. Um, It has not really been my experience that Mm -hmm. everything is negative. Right. I mean, we have been to some really famous haunted locations that I have seen on television on different places and I did not feel negative at all I mm-hmm. mean I was told there's a portal here there's this and <laughs> yeah that. and I can tell you my experience with that was it was more of a nurturing feeling mm-hmm. and so it my opinion again on this is that um, if you're having that sort of energy in your house it's just trying to get your attention Mm-hmm. And sometimes by doing that, maybe it's coming across in your dreams or as, you know, knocking or bumping or, or things pushing over, which are all almost negative connotations. Like if mm-hmm. your lamp falls over, you're like, dang it, my lamp, yeah. you know, and that's negative. That's, but it's mm-hmm. just really trying to get your attention and trying to, you know, hey, I'm over here. And, you know, depending on your theory of the paranormal, uh, you know, where you feel like that comes from and, you know, the, the space that it's in. You know, maybe they're just, you know, trying to let you know that they're there, that their presence is there. So what is a demon? I always, when mm-hmm. somebody uses that, I'm like, could you define that for yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I like to think that a lot of that is just attention-getting mm-hmm. spaces and that um, I'm, I'm not sure exactly you know, how to... People- People also tend to, it's our nature to fear what we don't understand. Mm -hmm. And when you have things happening in your home, you can't explain them, especially, you know, and I see this and please don't think I'm picking on men. I hope you don't get complaints about this, but we we see the dads and the husbands in the the house, they're the protectors. And when they can't explain it, they'll shut it out. And it's not happening. It's Mm -hmm. not happening because they can't explain it. And they feel, you know, and, you know, they feel like, well, gosh, I can't explain it. I can't protect my family from it. It's just not happening. We're not going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people will fear what they can't understand. And a lot of times, and it's as crazy as it's going to sound, it's just, it's a human being that no longer has a body. That doesn't mean they're here to, to snatch you out of your bed. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that they're here to, to suck out your soul. You know, they're, they're just maybe curious. They may be somebody that loves you. You know, yeah. and so it's just a human being that's no longer contained in a body. And so sometimes just looking at it that way, they're like, you know what, you're right. I don't have to be afraid. I just, you know, mm-hmm. I just feel them there. So, And if you get into the whole, like, multiverse thing, that's really interesting because right. it's like, what are oh, we girl, to are them? Sure? How long do we have? We have as long as you want. There is no time limit on this. We have as long as you want because that has always fascinated me. Like, the idea that. String theory. You, I could be scaring someone right now. Like, you know, I, you know, and, and I'm not, I don't think I'm a ghost. And so maybe this thing that's scaring me is also not a ghost. Right. So. Yeah, that's the right. whole, and, and, and if you look at, um, and it's, it's a conversation that again with, you know, Tap's family that we have a lot of these conversations mm-hmm. with, um, you know, string theory and stuff, not only could it be, 
a ghost or an out of, you know, a person without a body, but it could be an alternate space. Mm -hmm. And it could be me over there going, exactly. I'm over here. Yeah. Why does she always come here and bring a voice recorder? You know, it could be that whole, you know, that whole thing. And, um, and I think the, I think, you know, when we, when we delve into cryptids, because I mean, when we're thinking about other human spirits, you know, and we're thinking about parallel universes and a multiverse system and all of this, and we think about human spirits, it's exactly like Stephanie said, maybe they're trying to talk to us, but, but how perfect is it that it could also explain things like the Loch Ness Monster? Mm-hmm. You know, there have been so many eyewitness, quote unquote, eyewitness accounts of the Loch Ness Monster, but then they go and they, you know, nobody can find her. Nobody, they go under the water. She's not there. Mm-hmm. Could it just be a parallel universe thing where the, the vibrational energy of those two separate universes came into attunement, which means they're at the same level. And for a moment, they shared an experience. They yeah. messed for a minute and they're like, oh my gosh, look, there's Loch Ness Monster. That could explain everything. That could explain doppelgangers. Mm-hmm. That could explain so much. And then all of a sudden they go back out of, they, they disconnect. And that creature is gone. That cryptid is no longer there. You no longer see yourself standing over in the corner. You know, it's. it's I love that so much. Amazing thought. Oh, that's so cool. That is so cool. Oh my gosh. But what's so awesome about it is it really is something. It's not something that Stephanie and I made up in the car. You know, it's it's something that these really respected people are truly giving some merit. No, we can't. I know we talked about it, but it's out there already. Um, I'll edit this you know, part out, are, and you guys yeah. can get your Nobel plot or Nobel Prize. <laughs> Darn it! I think Michio Kaku already put in a book. Um, <laughs> there are these Harvard physicists, like for example, you know, we were talking about. Um, are you sure you really want to go into this? Because I could talk about this all night. Oh mom. yeah, no, this is uh, fine. In one of our chats with the Ghost Nation fan chat, which everybody needs to jump into because they're the coolest thing ever, um, we were talking about, you know, why why is everybody focused on this and what proof do they have? Well, there's a Harvard physicist, and I'll have to get her name for you later, but um, so she's, she's kind of credentialed. You know, if you're at Harvard, you've got some backing, and mm-hmm. you've got a little bit of intelligence behind you. And the, the one thing that has been evading the scientific community is being able to find one mathematical equation that explains the whole universe and it's gravity that's throwing it off gravity breaks the equation every single time and so the Harvard physicist said well hold on just a minute what if it's equally strong but it's originating in another universe in a parallel universe so by the time it gets to us it's the weaker force and it blew my mind because I'm like there is a Harvard physicist actually giving you know, some credence to this idea of a parallel universe. These are some really credential people. So it's not Stephanie and I making it up. It's some really, really smart people. I'm sitting so, here with uh, my jaw, like, on the table. Oh, my gosh. That gave me chills just thinking about that. Isn't that exciting? That is I mean, exciting. I was just like, wow. That is yeah, so yeah. exciting. <laughs> and see, Kristen no, uses I know. All, I love it. Kristen uses all the big words. And for me, it's like, Oh, so there's not really a portal in my bathroom, you mm-hmm. know? So if you can, you know, if you just, yeah. exactly, if you just open up the thinking mm-hmm. and um, not everything's evil, mm-hmm. not everything's out to get you, nothing's going to, you know, suck out your brain yeah. or that sort of thing. It's just the way that, you know, it's just, um, you know, like you said, the way the universe is working, the mm-hmm. way everything is working together. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's very naive of us to think that, well, I'm the only one, you know, I'm the only one here or the only, you know, uh, so just, 
you know, to open that up, that possibility up to other, you know, to that idea of thinking up to people, then hopefully get rid of some of that fear, you know, because to, to, to actually see people scared of their own house is heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really heartbreaking because it's a lot cooler to think that you're witnessing two worlds coming into attunement. Right. Like that seems like an experience that you're like, I want to have that experience. Right. Instead of a demon haunting your house, that's something you don't want. You know, it's kind of interesting. All of the people involved in these conversations are very married to their own thoughts and their own belief systems. I mean, you're talking about people having to really open up their religious beliefs Mm -hmm. and, and really examine them differently. And the scientists who are like, nope, it's black and white. And then you're talking about the metaphysics community going, no, we're all energy. And I really think at some point, all of that has to come together. Yeah. All of that has a role in this. And when you look at it separately, it's, it's, it's almost like we're all talking about the exact same thing, but mm-hmm. we're just describing it differently. And it holds kind of a different role in our own lives. Right. Even when you're talking about metaphysics and religion, everybody's just kind of having the same conversation differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really think when science, if you can, and that's what's exciting about people like Brian Greene and Michio Kaku, these theoretical physicists, because they're willing to use all their big giant science brains to bend a little bit to go, well, hey, wait a minute, maybe we are, you know, having these experiences. And they're willing to kind of break away from those strict, you know, rules that have to be in place and open their minds a little bit to think. So I think. All those people have to come together at some point for us to get all the answers that we're really, really looking for. Oh, yeah. Um, One question that I wanted to ask you guys before I ask my final question is, with all that being said, and all the experiences that you have had, when you're out in the field, are there any points at which you still get spooked or get a little bit scared? Well, I... I do want to go on record as saying as that um, ghost hunting that you see and ghost hunting that actually is are completely two different Mm -hmm. things. Um, We do, after we get everything set up and then we're going in, we do things like quiet time. We, uh, and that's sitting in the dark with three of your closest friends and just sitting in the dark with three of your closest friends, (laughs) um, asking a lot of questions. There's a lot of time spent with just nothingness. And one of the things you told me when we met up that I thought was really important that I wanted the podcast audience to know was why you do it in the dark. (laughs) That didn't sound right. That didn't sound right. It didn't sound right. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Wait a minute. You said we had to keep it appropriate. No. I'm I'm crying. She went there. She went there. I didn't do it. It was all me. It was my my fault. (laughs) I'm doing my best. So what we want to do is, because people, uh, because, you know, you tend to rely on your strongest senses. Mm -hmm. Sight is definitely this, because if... Seeing is believing. Yes. We've been told our whole mm-hmm. life. Seeing is believing. And then we want to, um, you know, hearing things. And so then we just go through the weaker senses. So if we take away the strongest sense of, of sight, then it's going to make that other sense stronger. Mm-hmm. So we want our, our ears open and we want to be listening. And we want to be attuned to, you know, mm-hmm. what's going on. So um, in the dark, mm-hmm. you can't see. Yeah. And and so you're, you're going to really open up and you're going to be open to uh, more sounds, mm-hmm. more attuned to what's going on around you. Um, your sense of smell comes really strong in the dark, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, during the day you're just in a room and it doesn't, uh, yeah. you know, you're watching. You've got all this other information 
information from your eyes and, right. you know. And you're, so you're not sm- sniffing, mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, unless it's bad, unless right. it's a bad yeah. odor. So um, one of the scents that I picked up before is, and this is going to sound so crazy, and I've said it to Kristen, so don't say anything. So um, it's like when somebody passes you, mm-hmm. the smell changes. Yeah. You don't notice it in the day. Yeah. I just see somebody passing me. Mm-hmm. But um, I've had experiences where I feel, I smell Somebody passing me, like, mm-hmm. you know, the smell changes. Yeah, like someone walking by you right. in a small space. Like we were in a chapel one time, and I kept saying it smelled like my grandma sitting next to me. Not my grandma, because my mm-hmm. grandma didn't wear that. But you know what I mean. Right. It smelled like somebody sat down next to me. Mm-hmm. So basically, in the dark, you're just going to sharpen those other senses, mm-hmm. those senses that you, because your sense of sight, your brain wants to take what is happening and make it fit to what you already know. Mm-hmm. So if you see something, you're like, oh, that's a cat. You know, that's Mm -hmm. a cat. But if I hear something in the dark, then I'm having to open myself up to maybe something else. Maybe that's not this. or Maybe that's not that. Because your brain always wants to um, connect to the familiar. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a lot of times where um, people talk themselves out of things that are, oh, no, that's just, you know, that's just the wind. Or that's Mm -hmm. just this and this. So we we want to sharpen that sense. And darkness tends to do that. Yeah. and. And we don't stay in the dark the entire night because then what happens is you become, you start seeing things, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, is that what, did I see that? So we take breaks where we turn on the light, we talk to each other, we, um, you know, get a drink, move around, do all of that. And then we go back to the dark. So just keeping those senses um, sharp in the dark and not letting them dull. Mm -hmm. And then you start seeing things and, you know, was that over there? Did I see that? Or did I smell that? So just keeping those things. Mm -hmm you know, sharp and working in the direction. Yeah. And that's why we do it. There are also some really practical (laughs) reasons. There are also some really practical reasons too. I mean, absolutely everything Stephanie just said, Um, but also, you know, paranormal investigating pays poorly. It doesn't pay at all. (laughs) So, um, so everybody has a day job, (laughs) you know, everybody's working a job and has a family life. And so, you know, around scheduling, it works the best to be honest. Mm -hmm. But also when you, when you turn everything off, you're also starting to eliminate some EMF sources. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so all of those things together, it's just beneficial, you know, wait until nighttime. You can really, you know, capitalize on your senses you can turn off a lot of things and cut out some of that EMF. And then the world just kind of calms down a little bit at night. Yeah. You know, once you get past like 10, 11 o'clock, you know, there's no cars on the street and everything just kind of settles a little bit. And so that's helpful also. Yeah. And because by no means does only uh, a haunting, haunting experiences happen mm-hmm. at dark. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. You know, so right. people are having those same experiences during the day. Mm-hmm. So. But you were, uh, I interrupted you when you were talking about things that might have startled you or oh, okay. creeped so, you out or some kind of feeling like that while you're investigating. Yeah, I, and there are things that can't be explained. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's why paranormal investigators keep going back. Mm-hmm. Kristen alluded to it, and I will say it again because I do want to definitely focus on that, that if there is somebody who might be experiencing something mm-hmm. in their house or something like that, there is no charge for what we do. Mm-hmm. We, we There is absolutely no charge. We set up that time with you. We do it within your convenience. We come in. We'll, we'll do that investigation. We'll give you your report. We'll try to help you through that, mm-hmm. you know, like – you know, talking, you know, through those things. And there's absolutely no cost to any Mm -hmm. client. We've never charged a client for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And we don't charge, um, there's no money involved. Mm -hmm. There is no money, people. (laughs) (laughs) It's against our TAPS family bylaws. In fact, you can't be a part of the TAPS family if you charge your clients. 
Right. Okay. So that is, so that's, and I'm going to try to come back to what you said okay. and there's no segue there. So we'll just, Oh jump no, back that's there. fine. Okay. That's so, fine. um, yes, I've had things that have creeped me out. Okay. Um, I've had experience that is, have creeped me out and the word scared, mm-hmm. um, clowns scare me. Mm-hmm. Things in the dark don't really, because mm-hmm. I think that as an investigator, it is like discovering something for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's not really scary. It's unknown. You don't really know what it is. But for us, it's just a jolt of adrenaline. Like, did that yeah. just really happen? Did you see that? And, you know, a lot of our audio is like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Did you, mm-hmm. you know, and so you're validating with everything else. And so I have those heightened feelings. I'm not exactly sure scared is is okay. the word for it. I can tell you I was had an experience where one of my investigators accidentally scared me because scaring each other is absolutely no. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. That's not funny. That's not cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but he scared me accidentally. Mm-hmm. And at that time, that, that adrenaline rush, and I think at that time it opened me up to some experiences that I would mm-hmm. not have had if I had not opened myself like that... That fight or flight yes. there. Yeah. We call it brainstem in education where I, you know, went to that space. And so mm-hmm. then I had some experiences and some feelings and some different things that night that was a little bit spooky to me. Mm-hmm. At the time, not so much. But looking back on it, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it did spook me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Thinking, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't want to use the word attachment because that's not it. Mm-hmm. I just think that my energy opened up and that... Um, had a hard time, you know, getting back to what my yeah. normal is. Yeah. You know, that makes so. sense. you kind of let your guard down, I think is what happened. You let your mm-hmm. guard down a little bit when that happened. I know exactly when you're talking about, and we won't talk about where or anything, but right. I think that moment was a perfect example of why you shouldn't do this alone. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to surround yourself. And, I, and it, it always just kind of upsets me and concerns me when I hear people say, oh, I'm just going out by myself to do this. You need to surround yourself with people who know you and know you well, because mm-hmm. in that experience, I remember her having that, and I was like, "Okay, we're leaving. We're going downstairs." Because I immediately saw a change in her, mm-hmm. because I know her so well. She knows me like the back of her hand, and I know her the same way. And I immediately saw, "Oh wait, there's something going on." And I don't know that anybody else right around us immediately recognized that, but I'm like, "Oh, we're leaving. We're going to leave this floor and go somewhere else," um, because when you're in that kind of a state of panic you don't necessarily make those decisions for yourself. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, you might just right. be in a, in, a, in a state of panic. So, I, you know, that's one reason I always say, take people with you who know you and know you well. Mm-hmm. But also through that experience, I think what happened to me was I saw a side that my clients are seeing where they get mm-hmm. in that space and they can't get out. Mm-hmm. They feel like, you know, this is this is awful, this is bad, this is happening to me over and over, and they get in that space, and, um, you know, our job is to bring them back, mm-hmm. you know, to bring them back, because, I, I, like I said, that's that was one of the times that, that something that spooked me, um, that was what the word spooked, but now, mm-hmm. we've had some super cool things, and that's a whole nother discussion, yeah. so, oh, yeah. so some really <laughs> fun, fun if things. If you'd rather focus on that, like <laughs> no, some... No, no, I mean, we can we, we can talk about yeah. this definitely, because that's yeah. what, you know, somebody's going, somebody out there in front of us, come on, lady, just tell me what, it, you know, because yeah. <laughs> they are those things, but you asked the question about being spooked, and um, a lot of it is just like adrenaline, or mm-hmm. exciting, or something like that, but that I felt, you know, I, I, I put myself in a, mm-hmm. a client where... I was a little bit spooked, yeah. a little bit fearful of, you know, kind of things that were going on. So what 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 are the coolest things that you've got to experience? The coolest things. I I, I can I, I want to go. I want to talk to a couple of those because 
I like to talk a lot. So anyway, so one of my very first experiences that I just couldn't explain away because you're like, again, like I said, your brain wants to connect to something mm-hmm. that's oh, yeah. normal um, was um, before I joined Kristen's team and back when my son was involved, uh, just just curious about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, hit, our two children are the brains of the operation, which is scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did we ever get these brainy children? <laughs> So, um, and, and that's not even her brainiest child. She's got even a brainier one. So, no. <laughs> she's got two really I know, brainy I have ones. them somehow. Yeah. So, um, but my child was really interested in it and just completely fascinated by it. He wanted to be a part. He wanted to see what was happening. Kristen was doing an event. Um, and, and our events where we do like a class and just kind of explain, and then we kind of take people on investigations. Just, um, just. Um, like almost like show and tell, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. And so she was having an event, and my son begged and begged me to go, please, Mom, please, please, please. And it was a long way away, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know. And finally, Mom, Mark, oh, I shouldn't I shouldn't say your kid's name. Um, I can edit that out if you want me to. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> I don't even care. Go right ahead. <laughs> he called and he Marky said. Mark Jordan, there. <laughs> it's out there. Mine's Ethan. There you go. <laughs> I feel, like I, I feel so much better. I feel cleansed. So, um, and my child was like, please, 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 there, there's room we can go. And so I said, oh, okay. So we get in the car as a family and we go. Uh, my husband, my husband's whole attitude about this is, oh, hell no. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, hell no. You ain't turning light on our house. Yeah. So, but Ethan is just generally interested in it. And so mm-hmm. we went and it was a haunted location, a beautiful location. We went through the, the, um, the uh, training on it. They talked about all the equipment and I was like, yeah, that's super fascinating. And we went through a couple of stories in the building. And then we went to some of the, you know, under underneath. And so anyway, they were like, okay, there's this seat in the theater. It doesn't matter. There's a seat in the theater and this lady comes and she sits there and they Mm -hmm. see her there. And I was like, oh yeah. Okay. (sighs) It's dark up there. I'm going to go sit up there. So I'm sitting up there and Ethan was with me. And all of a sudden I felt something like flip, like touched the back of my head and I was like I thought it was Ethan and so I was like okay so I was like and I felt it again and it it almost felt like um somebody was like you're in a quiet place and somebody's like trying to get your attention over it so I turn around and there was absolutely nobody behind me and so click goes my brain thinking well it's wind and it's Mm -hmm. this and then all of a sudden I can feel you know like the 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 cold chills that you're talking about Mm -hmm. and everything and I'm thinking holy moly, what just happened right here? And then I was like, I'm not sure I was a fan of that. So I got up and left. <laughs> I left my child there, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. When you Sorry. said left, she got in her car and left. I mean, she, <laughs> True story. She it left. is completely a true story. Because I was so... And, the, and, this, and this is even the better part of the story. I texted Kristen. I was like... Um, I had some trouble. Um, we'll explain later. I left Ethan. So I think that was one of the first times when my brain couldn't find something mm-hmm. and where I wanted to be skeptical, but you just couldn't mm-hmm. right there. In that space, you just couldn't there. And then that started the whole fascination with... Um, now, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. Does this happen? You know, and that's, I think, got us started. And so, to me, that always stands out to me mm-hmm. uh, as, you know, that moment in time where I was like, wow, you know, wow. And um, so, I think that is like a memorable experience to us, to me. 
and probably Kristen. I have one that they're the team's getting ready to go back to this place, and this this one. Okay, you want to talk about things that make you go, hmm? Well, how did that happen? Um, by the way, we got Ethan back safely. His life has been normal ever since. No harm um, was taken. No harm was happened. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was safe. He was safe. Um, my t- the, the team is getting ready to go back to this place, and I won't say where it is. But um, but this is one of those things that to this day I'm like, wait a minute, what? Uh, this is our first visit to this place, which is a historic home. And um, my investigators were bringing everything in, and one of them needed batteries. And he came to me and he said, hey, can I have the keys to the car? I need to go out there and get the batteries out of the car. So I got my keys out of my pocket and I was handing them to him when the person who owned the building came by and said, you know what, let's start our tour. So the investigator turned to me and said, wait a minute, when the tour is over, I don't want to miss anything. When the tour is over, I'll get the keys from you. And I said, okay, put them back in my pocket. So we went on a tour on the whole bottom floor, the second floor, the third floor. We got to the top of the third floor and he turned back to me and said, okay, give me the keys. I'm going to go get the batteries. Reached in my pocket, they're gone. Now I thought, okay, this is a the whole building is full of antiques. There's no way I would have taken them out and just plopped them on something. Mm-hmm. But let's look. We looked all over. We looked everywhere. Finally, I said, you know what? Just go out and see if we even lock the car. Just get your batteries, and we'll we'll figure it out. He goes out. They're locked in the car, sitting on the passenger seat, and I never left the building. How did that happen? Whoa! Oh my gosh! Right? That gave me How did chills. That Oh, wow. And that's not the craziest time I've had. I mean, I've had to call AAA so many times. I go, okay, it's me again. I'm out behind an abandoned building, and this time the keys are. And I had the same guy twice in a row. He found oh, me behind man. an abandoned school, and then he had to come rescue me that time, too. So He's I'm like, probably yeah, like, again. what um, is this lady doing? Right. Like, it can't right? be good. <laughs> right. And our, and our so those are the things. You're, you're just like, how in the world did that happen? Yeah. So, and I, yeah. And I think experiences like that keep us sitting in the dark. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, they I keep can... us sitting in the dark. Yeah. Um, we were at another location that is, um, you know, we, we won't name the location because they're not real fan of that, but it was in Arkansas, and it's a huge location, has a huge history with mm-hmm. a lot of different things, and there was, um, the halls are really long, it's like an institutional um, um structure and so the halls are super long and there's windows at the end of the hall we were at one end of the hall and there was an investigator coming had come in and was coming towards us it was him and it was two of his investigators coming towards us and at that point two of his investigators went into a room and he came on down so we asked him oh so is your team stopping and he was like no my team went on home and I was like no they were just they were just coming down the hall with you no it was just me and there were three of us there, one using night vision, clearly saw three people coming towards us mm-hmm. and two of them turning off. So, you know, and that was a moment when I thought, okay, this is the coolest thing I've ever done in my whole yeah. entire life. Because <laughs> you just couldn't explain it, yeah. you know. And I think that um, in that case, it might have been some residual, but still just, I mean, clearly we saw three people. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just me. If it yeah. had just been me, I would have been like, I just, maybe I need to eat something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, there were three of us there, one with night vision, Mm -hmm. that clearly saw three people coming towards us and two of them turning off. Mm -hmm. So um, the frustrating thing is that night vision, he was wearing a night vision, like, headset mm -hmm. that does not record. (laughs) Does not record. And so he was like, oh, wow, I see them. I see And and they were gone. And so it was, you know, one of those things. We, we you know, we can validate each other's stories, but we don't have something to show 
Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Those stories are so cool. I can totally see how that is like what keeps you coming back, keeps you wanting to sit in the dark, like those experiences. Um, the last thing that I wanted to ask you guys was, um, what advice would you give to someone who's wanting to get into this or get started or maybe investigate something that they know about? What would you say to them? That's a good You know, I always tell them, yeah, I, I start out with, it, it depends on, you know, a lot of people say they want to form their own team. And I always say have as many experiences as you can. Mm-hmm. So don't just jump out by yourself. You know, find a team, find somebody experienced, and then go find another one and find another one. And then find another one because you're going to learn something from every single one of those teams that either you love or hate. And if you do that, you're kind of building your own methodology and your own belief about, okay, well, that made sense or, or that didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you go through that, read everything you can get your hands on and, you know, watch the TV shows. They've got some really great equipment. And I don't want to sound hypocritical because obviously we're affiliated with one, um, but there's so much more to it. That is so cut down and condensed that you need to know that there's just so much more to it. So, mm-hmm. you know, meet every team you can, read every book you can, um, get every experience you can. If it's just one location you want to leave, well, call us. Mm-hmm. Call us. We'll take you out there. Yeah, you can come with us. <laughs> okay. That's right. <laughs> and always be, um, you know, uh, mindful of, um, I think that I, I see a lot of things online and stuff where, oh, we went into this place and we went into that place. You know, always be mindful of trespassing mm-hmm. and going into places that, you know, you don't belong. Uh, safety is always yeah. huge. Yeah. Especially if you're planning on going in the dark. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, wooden floors are dangerous. Like some of those oh, places have black mold. And yes. Like, yeah. You know, please be mindful of your safety or anything like that. Trespassing, mm-hmm. you know, trespassing is always no. Always no. <laughs> always yeah. no. The, you know, it's always no to that. But if it's something that's you know in your own house again um if you're curious to something that's going on in your house call us mm-hmm. call somebody you know call a team call like kristen said call a team call another team call us who are you gonna call <laughs> <laughs> everybody <laughs> and let us come in and add some perspective to that mm-hmm. you know to add some perspective to that if it's just something um in your house and again i'm going to offer an opinion and, and you can people can take with it what they want and what they don't but there's there's ghost hunting apps out there mm-hmm. and there there's um you know i've actually have heard of you know you know investigators using those apps and stuff be very cautious of that because an app is fed through something Mm -hmm. somebody an app creator somewhere is feeding you that information you know that app uh, they could be feeding you a whole bunch of baloney, mm-hmm. you know, so. And charging you. Yes, and yeah. charging you for that. So be mm-hmm. very careful of, you know, an app that you download. I think there's even one that makes ghost voices or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know there's one that adds ghosts into your pictures yeah. and things like mm-hmm. that. So be very mindful of that because that's just feeding the fear mm-hmm. and feeding that sort of thing. Um, but if you just, you know, um, and I know it's asked on the Ghost Nation page a lot. You know, if if there's one thing that you could say, what would you say to us? Get yourself a voice recorder. Yeah. You know, get yourself a voice recorder. Absolutely. And, and, you know, listen to the voice. And it doesn't even have to be an expensive one because mm-hmm. they can go on up there. Get yourself a voice recorder. And, and I also always tell people to... Um, Trust your intuition. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not crazy. You're, you're just not crazy. If you feel like that there's, a, you know, present in your room or, you know, something like that, you know, kind of trust that and open up to that. Don't let anything in. Yeah. But, you know, and, and, you know, kind of, you know, explore that and, um, and don't um, try to just discount all of those feelings and all those things that are going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, well, we're always happy. We've served as mentor for many people, even just across the country. Um, it's, it's kind of one of the more rewarding things that we do that's not necessarily actually investigating. But through our affiliation with TAPS, you know, we've run into people over the years that are like, no, I, I want to get in, involved, but I'm not sure how. And then we just mentor them along, you know, mm-hmm. how can I get started? So, you know, please contact us. We'd be happy to, to help you. You know, when we first started, nobody would even share their forms with us. And so we've mm-hmm. created forms. We'll share them with you. Oh, that's um, so awesome. But, you know, and yeah. then I, I wanted to add one more thing because Stephanie hit a really good point. You know, a lot of these trespassing things you asked earlier, you know, have we ever been kind of spooked or afraid? I'm 10 times more afraid of living people than I am of anything we've run oh, into yeah. that we thought might be a spirit. Absolutely. And you go into some of those places, there could be homeless people in there. There mm-hmm. could be people waiting in there. I mean, you just never know. So always, always be mindful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate you ladies being here so much tonight. I have, I feel like I've learned so much. Like, I'm so <laughs> excited. And if there's anything else you want to plug, like maybe one more time the website or how people get a hold of you. Right. And we honestly want to, um, if people, if you are having some things happening and you just have questions, mm-hmm. please reach out to us. It's mm-hmm. insightparanormal.org. And when you go there, there's a place that says request a, an investigation. And our email is really long. It is insight management team at gmail.com so and you can always send us an email and or fill out that client request form reach out to us because there's absolutely no cost to that Uh, we will talk to you we'll come to your house we will you know you know like Kristen said I think that just a good um good dose of perspective and a good dose of um you know, changing the energy and, you know, focusing on that and everything can really help a lot. And we will never think you're crazy. Mm-hmm. And there's no Scooby, there's no Scooby van. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh darn it. <laughs> and no, no matter what you're going to say to us, we've probably heard 10 times worse. So go ahead and just tell yeah. us, you know, yeah. we're there to help. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you again so much for being here. I'm so glad that I got to meet you in person and yes. Kristen through the phone and on Facebook like it's been a lot of fun getting to know you guys and um, I just appreciate it so much and the only thing I've got for you listeners is follow the Instagram at Erie and the Facebook is the same Facebook group is Erie Okies and if you aren't doing anything on Halloween you should go out to the El Reno Haunted Barn because I'm pretty sure I'm going to be there so come on out um, and the only other thing I've got for you is that the novel I've been talking about that I'm going to publish is live with a pre-order so you can pre-order that right now just search for marnie venge on amazon and it'll pop up so that's all i've got y'all stay spooky